You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox. It is Wednesday, March 17th, and we're back at it. So sorry about yesterday. Um, I have had laptop issues the last few days. Uh, my charger, my power cord, it just decided to stop working. And I thought it'd be really easy to find like a universal charger um, that would work and that I could use. Well, found out this weekend that was not the case. Ordered one on Amazon, but uh, even with Prime, it wasn't going to come in until Thursday. So anyway, that's enough about my life. But just so you know, that's why I, I couldn't. Uh, get it done yesterday, but I, I found a way to have a workaround, so um, I'll be able to get po- podcast up the rest of the week, and then hopefully by next week, things are back to normal, and we'll be on more of a normal schedule. Where I'm posting these every day at midnight, but wanted to talk some TCU athletics with you uh, this morning, and it's spring football time. Practice started yesterday. Uh, basketball season is over and we turn the page immediately to football we'll obviously have plenty of coverage of TCU baseball as well and we'll discuss that in the last segment they got a win last night um, a convincing win against Arkansas Pine Bluff but let's talk some TCU football and and let's discuss storylines going into spring camp and we'll kind of look at just position by position um, what's going on there what's what's the news what do you need to know so let's start with quarterbacks and at this QB position I think your first question is is there actually going to be any sort of quarterback competition Chandler Morris comes in from Oklahoma he was a highly rated recruit from Highland Park obviously his dad Chad Morris has been around the game for a long time and Max Duggan is going on his third year of starting and this is uh, the first time in a couple seasons that he'll get a full off season I know he came in as a freshman but uh he enrolled early is what I mean by that. And he went through spring ball and went through fall camp. But I feel like his head was probably spinning. He didn't know he was going to be the starter. And then last year he has the heart condition. Spring ball got shut down because of COVID. Then he finds out he has a heart condition. And he really didn't get to work with the team that much during the offseason. So this is honestly the first time that Max is the clear-cut starter and is going to have a full offseason work. And I feel like that's going to be really beneficial for him. Now – I don't know what the coaching staff is thinking, obviously. I mean, they might they might be sitting there like, Max Duggan's our guy. We don't have any questions. I still have some questions about the consistency, particularly with throwing the football. I think he has something to prove this offseason. I'm not ready to just say, hey, you are the no-doubt starter. Uh, now, I think if I had a guess on sort of how they're going to approach this, if Chandler Morris is starting, and I feel like there's – a very small chance that he would start week one. Um, it would just be because he was head and shoulders better. And he's going to have to be much better than Max to get that job. Because, obviously, you know, Max has the advantage of knowing the offense. And that's an interesting thing, too, is how much they tweak that offense with Doug Meacham and Jerry Kill really being in charge and Sonny Cumbie moving on to Texas Tech. But he has a good grasp of what they want to do. He's obviously a fantastic athlete. And the team does seem to rally around him. Like, I think that's something that you can't measure. It's an intangible that doesn't really show up in the stat sheet. But when he gets going on a big run and refuses to go down, or when he makes a big play, I mean, the team 
gets fired up. I mean, the energy goes up. You can tell he's a leader on that team and that they respect him a lot, his toughness and his grit. And how could you not? I mean, that is, I, I think, the most important and best thing about him is his ability to make plays and stay in the game and hang in there and take hits and make things happen even in the face of a lot of adversity. On the other side of that, though, I mean, Chandler Morris was a, a big-time recruit. Um, he goes to Oklahoma. Uh, apparently, he pushed Spencer Rattler, but it was pretty obvious that it's Rattler's job, and it's going to be Rattler's job for a while. So he's coming to TCU. Now, the first question we all have to ask is, is he even eligible, right? Like, that's, that's question number one. And we don't know for sure. Uh, the NCAA was supposed to vote on that. They haven't done that yet. It's, it got pushed to the summer. So hopefully we'll know by the summertime, but we don't even know if, if Chandler Morris can be eligible to start. I mean, he might have to sit a year, or he might have to request one of those waivers uh, that the NCAA rules on. And if you know anything about that, the NCAA just kind of makes up rules as they go. So you, you have no idea who they're going to rule in favor of and who they're going to say, no, no, you should sit for a year and learn. But Chandler Morris is a really talented guy, and I think competition – could be a, a very helpful thing. Another part of this is who's making the decision because we all know what Gary cares about as far as quarterback play. And at least publicly, what he always says is the, the things he's most interested in are, do you turn the ball over? And are you, uh, are you somebody that is going to, you know, not put his defense in a bad position? I guess those two things go hand in hand. But he's looking for someone that's basically not going to put his defense in a bad spot. I think that's kind of a flawed mentality. But in these press conferences and media availabilities, that's what he preaches. Is he just wants somebody that's going to protect the ball, make the occasional play, and not put his defense in a bad situation. So if he's making the call, I, I think those things are going to be a huge factor. I would hope and imagine that Doug Meacham and Jared Kill – have more of an approach of, okay, who gives us the best chance to open things up? Because with the skilled players you have on this team, at some point, you're going to have to push the envelope a little bit. If you, if you really want to contend, you have to make explosive plays. You have to push the ball down the field. And it can't just be the occasional fade pattern that you run in between you know some, some power runs. Like There has to be an, an actual effort to get the ball in the hands of, of the guys that can make plays in space. Late in the year, that started to happen. Quentin Johnson started to get the ball. They were throwing it down the field. Darius Davis had a big game against Oklahoma State. You could see that downfield aerial attack begin to uh, you know, show its face. So can they continue that this year, and will there actually be a quarterback competition? That's one thing I'm looking for during spring practice. Um, wanted to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on earth. Yesterday, guys, I'm cleaning out my pantry, and this is something Kristen, my wife, wanted to do. She's like, hey, we need to clean the pantry tonight. I said, okay. So we're working on that, and we're, we're cleaning things out. We're trying to organize things. And I love the coconut brownie chunk flavor. That's my favorite Built Bar flavor. And I thought I was out of them. And in the midst of cleaning out the pantry, I realized I have three of them left. And it made me so happy when I saw this. I ate one right then and there. It was delicious. I got two more at the house. I might eat them both today. 
But Built Bar is a delicious protein bar, and it's good for you. Only 180 calories. Good fuel for your body. Try it today. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON20 and get 20% off your next order. You can also vote on your favorite flavors if you'd like to at BuiltBar.com or go to their Twitter account. They're doing a Built Bar Madness bracket right now where they have their fans vote on these different flavors. So vote in some of those matchups. Let them know that you're supporting them. Support the people that support us. BuiltBar.com. Welcome back to Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. In segment three today, we'll break down um, a TCU baseball game that went down on Tuesday night. The rest of the week, you know, on Thursday, we'll, Thursday and Friday, we'll continue to look at TCU football and spring practice, and we'll break down these different position groups, and we'll also get you ready for TCU baseball series against Louisiana. Um, at some point, we might also take a look at some of the Big 12 teams that made the NCAA tournament. And just, hey, what, what is this team? What's this matchup look like? What do they do well? well? We'll try to get all that in in the rest of this week. But today we're talking TCU football and spring practice because it started yesterday. In this first segment, we broke down the quarterback position and kind of what do we expect from that group. And really we focused on Max Duggan and Chandler Morris, but there's some other interesting guys. Sam Jackson, true freshman, Alexander Alex Hoyne, another true freshman who's from Germany, you know, who sort of emerges on the depth chart out of those two guys who looks better. Uh, that's another intriguing storyline early on in spring practice. But I, I want to take a look now at the wide receivers. And I saw Drew Davidson tweet this yesterday, or actually it was this morning uh, on Wednesday he said just one day in, but heard Marcel Brooks made a highlight reel catch on day one. Former five-star prospect is moving to wide receiver this season. So that's welcome news for TCU fans, I'm sure. And, uh, you know, I, I broke this down earlier. I, I think this is a, a curious move. Now, Marcel Brooks played wide receiver in high school. He played a little bit of everything in high school. And he's a playmaker. He's a, a heck of an athlete. So I, I'm not saying he can't do this. I, I'm just a little skeptical of it, is this just a move to sort of appease somebody who hasn't really found a role and are they hoping it works or do they actually feel like there's something there but that's promising he can make plays and if you can get him in one-on-one -on -one situations uh to make things happen then more power to you i mean that that can be an aspect of the offense that they can use i'm just skeptical he's actually going to become a wide receiver that they use frequently but uh, that's just a note. And another that I'm really excited about in the wide receiving core is J.D. Spielman because we hardly got to see him uh, last year before he got hurt. But he was fantastic. Um, returning punts, that is. You know, he didn't really get involved in the offense at all. But I'm hopeful that with the injury, with the time that he had to kind of sit and watch and learn the offense, get a better understanding um, of, you know, what what they're doing. I mean, he was a – consist like he was getting 900 plus yards at nebraska every single year I, I just feel like there's no way even as talented as some of these young guys are that you can't get jd spielman on the field and find a way to get him the football so i'm hopeful to see what he can do this year um i, I don't want him to become another guy that just returns punts like let's get the ball in his hands in more ways than just punts and jet sweeps he is a real deal wide receiver that did a nice job in the big 10 and i know that's you know, different defenses that he's seen. Nebraska um, has been a program that struggled as of late, but surely some of that uh, production could translate to Fort Worth and could translate to this team. But the guy that everybody's wondering about, and I totally understand why, is Quentin Johnston. And I was blown away by Quentin last season. And I mentioned this before, but 
in my day job at the radio station I work at, we cover Temple football, which is where Quentin went to high school. And I was super excited when he committed to TCU. That was a late flip. But I was, uh, you know, when I heard some some reporters at like 247 saying they're really excited about Q, I was like, really? That's interesting. Because one, he didn't enroll early last year. And then two, you know, Quentin played in 12-6A, which is a district that um, has some talent, but it's not it's not the talent you're going to see in Houston or DFW or the Austin area. Um, you know, it's mostly clean schools, Harker Heights, Ellison, teams that are probably only going to make the first round of the playoffs. Now, Temple has a, a proud tradition, but they have been, for most of their existence, a 5A school, um, or, or, you know, 5A when that was the biggest classification. They just recently moved up to 6A. And Quentin would just kind of disappear sometimes in games. And I felt like if he was going to be a big-time college player, maybe he should be dominating more. But he's proven me wrong completely because he had a great season. Now, the stat sheet, I mean, he had 487 yards on 22 receptions. But we all saw the impact he had, especially late in the season and even early in the year. I mean, he had the touchdown in the opener against Iowa State. He had some big catches against Texas. Late in the year, though, you saw him emerge as their number one wide receiver and number one target. He's got the size. He has the build. Uh, another offseason of work, a, a full spring ball schedule. I can't imagine um, that that's going to cause any negatives. Like, there's only positives there as long as he can stay healthy. So, is this the first time they've had a true dominant wide receiver since Josh, Do- since Josh Doxon? Excuse me. I sure hope so. Um I hope that this is a guy that you can count on for a hundred yards almost every time you hit the field because he has the build and the capacity to be a monster. Now, can they get the ball to him? Can they feed him the ball, make sure that he's a focal point of the offense? I hope so. And and Quentin, I think the sky's the limit as he continues to develop. You know, I saw the other day on 247 Sports, they had a list of the top 10 receivers returning in the Big 12, and he was number four coming back. So you saw that even some of these national riders who might just be tempted to look at, look at a box score see, you know, what what he can do at that wide receiver positions. Savion Williams, similar to J.D. Spielman, can you get him on the field in a way that's, uh, that's just not, you know, him um, – returning kicks or getting the ball in jet sweeps uh Savion another big guy a a big player similar to Quentin so having those two guys on the outside is going to be huge and then just a few more players I want to mention Tay Barber I mean we know exactly what he does he is a a slot wide receiver a shifty guy who can match up with uh players in space and just can be a nightmare um Darius Davis a speedster we saw him in the Oklahoma State game have a huge game he can stretch the field Blair Conright he was a big time sort of possession receiver early in the season he was the guy it seemed like that was making those big catches for first downs on uh on a third down so this is a a really really deep wide receiving core As as I go down these names you know the things that stand out is you have a lot of returners who have good production and and then this is just a good mix. Like you have big, uh, t- your prototypical, like big, strong outside wide receivers. You have slot guys. You have guys that can make things happen in space. The skill positions at TCU right now are loaded. And I'm excited to see 
how those players play this season. We'll be back to wrap things up in a second. I do want to mention, though, before we go, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Betonline.ag, they make it easy for you to make some money. March Madness starts on Friday, and I know you're ready to take a half day or take a full day on Friday and just watch basketball. We'll get ready, friends, to make some money as well because Lee Sterling and betonline.ag have everything you need to know. Lines, over-unders, prop bets. Make some money today. Betonline.ag. AG, you can use the promo code locked on and get a 20% sign up bonus. Get that bonus today and start wagering on these games. BetOnline.ag. Final segment here on Locked on Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I do want to remind you if you haven't done this, please subscribe uh, to the show wherever it is that you listen Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Spotify, TuneIn, Radio.com, wherever it is that you find me. Please. Uh, just subscribe to the pod that helps listenership and it also you know if somebody comes upon it and they say oh this has this many subscribers maybe i should subscribe to it as well you can review me on apple Podcasts if you would like to as well give me a five-star review i'd really appreciate that um and and finally today i just want to mention tcu baseball they took on arkansas pine bluff on tuesday night and uh it was it was what you would call a get right game they won 20 to 2 um and they run ruled Pine Bluff, it, it was never a ball game. A lot of home runs. Gene Wood went yard. Curtis Byrne, uh, Sam Thompson. I'm probably missing a few, but a lot of guys took it out of the ballpark today, and uh, they were just able to, to get going from the jump. Porter Brown had a nice game. He was great at the plate. And, and the pitching staff um, did their job. I mean, they had some guys come in. They, they got a lot of young pitchers out there, and – they were effective. Harrison Bethy was hitting 100 on the gun. Yeah, you heard that right. He was hitting 100 and 101 on the gun. Uh, Riley Cornelio made the start, and he got through a couple clean innings. So this is everything you would want from a, a midweek game. You win, you win big, you get a lot of guys to play, and now you transition into this Louisiana series before you play Baylor um, a week from Friday in your first conference series. So important that they continue that mojo and get going. And don't look now, but Baylor's won like 10 straight. Now they play Texas this weekend, so I think we'll find out a lot about the Bears before they play TCU when they get this Texas series underway. But TCU close to conference play. Keep that mojo going. We'll see how they do against Louisiana this weekend. But they did everything they needed to do against Arkansas Pine Bluff on Tuesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. More TCU Athletics talk coming up. This is Locked on Horn Frogs, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.